0: Yes, That's the sound of the triumphant won the trade deadline horn. This is a brand new legendary Clipcast. I'm your host, Chris Wild. With me, as always, is no one. That's right, no one. It's an emergency solo Clipcast because the Clippers won the NBA trade deadline. Yes, that's right, it's national sporting news. The Clippers have won the NBA trade deadline and everyone is talking about it as long as you live outside of Los Angeles because the Clippers have acquired Marcus Morris from the New York Knickerbocker, please. That's right, Marcus Morris is coming to the Clippers. Who did we give up? We gave up Mo Harkless. We gave up a 2020 pick. It was a three-team deal between the Clippers, Knicks, and Washington Wizards. Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas going to the Clips. IT getting waived. Why? Because we don't need a four-foot-13 backup backup guard. Jerome Robinson, who no one liked. Yes, he looked like Brock from Pokemon, but he couldn't get it done under the bright lights at Staples Center. So he's gone. He's going to Washington, D.C. The Knicks received Mo Harkless and that 2020 first round draft pick. Like I said, Clips are waving IT and getting Marcus Morris. More on Marcus Morris in a second and what he brings to the Clipper table. The Knicks also received the right to swap first round picks in 2021 with the Clippers, protected through the number four pick, a 2021 second round pick via Detroit Pistons and the Washington draft rights to 2018 second round pick Issef Sanon. Who? Anyway, the important thing to know here is Marcus Morris, 30 years young, averaging 19 plus points a game, shooting 43.9% from three this season. He's joining the L.A. Clippers. So now we don't just have the 420 club, bro. We've got the 519 squad. We've got Montrez Harrell, who averages 19 a game. Lou Williams, who averages at least 19 a game. Marcus Morris, who averages 19 a game. And then, of course, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But the best news is Zubats stays. Landry Shamet stays. Jamichael Green Stays. We shed Mo Harkless, who was running hot and cold. We shed Jerome Robinson, who was running cold and freezing cold. We traded Derek Walton Jr. for cash. Derek Walton Jr. was a backup, 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 looked like an Ewok. He's gone. We just got much, much better. We keep that core six or seven guys. Again, The six or seven guys, like I've said, until I'm blue in the face on this show. Kawhi, Paul George, Pat Beverly, the heartbeat of the locker room. Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, Landry, Shamit, and Zoo. Those seven guys stay. Add Marcus, Morris to the mix he has the toughness of Matt Barnes but he's a better overall player a better overall shooter let's talk about Marcus Morris not Markeith Morris who I believe is his twin brother we're talking about Marcus Morris and here's what he's done on the New York Knicks the lowly lowly Manhattan Knickerbockers 43 games played Marcus Morris on the Knicks Averaging 32.3 minutes, I'm guessing those numbers probably dip. The minute number could dip slightly. It depends on the matchups, folks. It really does. Three-point percentage, that's what I'm looking at, 43.9. Just just shy of 44% from downtown. Come on, buddy let's get excited his field goal percentage is 442 so he's just right there from three-point land as and the same basically from two-point town my man averages over 19 points a game 19.6 points a game and he adds that toughness remember that play versus i think it was washington a guy felt like Marcus Morris threw an elbow way too close to his face. He was flabbergasted. And what does Marcus Morris do? He hits the guy in the head with the ball. Oh, what a play. Marcus Morris brings such toughness. I love him. Averages five rebounds a game. Averages one and a half steals per game. Excuse me. Averages one and a half assists per game. Just shy of a steal per game. A half a block a game. My man adds toughness, veteran leadership in the locker room, and the Clippers are excited. Pat Beverly was his teammate back in the day in Houston, and Pat Beverly tweeted this. My brother back with me. It's on. And then five giant silverback gorillas. I'm excited about that. Marcus Morris tweeted, they got a dog in Hollywood at LA Clippers. Let's Get it. You want to follow Marcus Morris at MookMorris2. Guys, if you're not on NBA Twitter, it is literally the best. Twitter is horrible. It's the worst. It's a cesspool. It's a pit of despair. And the only bright, shining light, the thing that saves it is NBA Twitter. It is fantastic. Everyone should be on Twitter. Follow at LA Clipcast. Follow at mookmorris too. Let's get it, family, says Marcus Morris as he retweets Montrez Harrell when Montrez tweeted, you got some more over here waiting for you, my G. Fist and then the picture of a wolf because they got a dog in Hollywood. Everybody's tweeting at each other. Obviously, Kawhi tweets nothing. The last thing we saw from Kawhi on Twitter was a New Balance tweet that has a picture of him in like a peach T-shirt holding up Peach Kawhi New Balance sneakers that say no emotions are emotions. But I've got all the emotions, all the feels, because the Clippers. Just won the NBA trade deadline. They got Marcus Morris and his 19 points and his 44% from three and his 100% toughness. He's already got a relationship with Pat Beverly. As soon as they come back from their four-game roadie and the all-star break, as soon as they come back in that Staples Center locker room, Marcus Morris will be interviewed on Clipcast. You will have him on I don't know, two or three ClipCasts from now, but the very first time we can get them on ClipCast, we're going to get them on ClipCast as soon as they go home, as soon as they get in that locker room. I'm going to be in that locker room. I'm going to be interviewing Marcus Morris. We won the NBA trade deadline. The reason I did this show, started it eight years ago, named it LA ClipCast. The reason I did this show was because I was sick Of the fact that no one in LA talked about the Clippers. And even today, while I was fishing around local sports radio, all I had were these coulda, shoulda, woulda, L word. I'm going back to this L word. I'm not going to say that word on this show. All these L word apologists and homers and delusional dummies. Well, but we're going to get, we're going to get Darren Collison and J.R. Smith. The L-Word did nothing before the trade deadline. Then the trade deadline happens. The L-Word does nothing. Houston makes moves, gets smaller, comes to LA, and beats the L-Word. The L-Word, by the way, they may be number one in the West. We're two and a half games behind them, okay? Two and a half games behind the L Word. They may be number one in the West, but they are not number one in the building. They are 17 and eight at Staples Center compared to the Clippers, 23 and five. The Clippers. 28 games in Staples Center they've played. They play a combined 43 games in Staples Center, although because of the postponement, it may only be 42. We're still not getting any sort of news or buzz on when the postponement date is going to be. I know why the L word canceled that game. Yes, there was the surface reason of, oh, we have to get our stuff together to honor you-know-who, and we're all just you know in the feels right now. We're so emotionally distraught. But honestly, they didn't want to come back and lose, which is what they did versus the Trailblazers, right? Didn't they lose that game? Yeah, they sure did. And didn't they lose last night versus Houston? Yeah, they sure did, but they really didn't want to lose against the L.A. Clippers on their first night back. They're going to lose every time they play us. We are 2-0 and versus them. The beauty of us being two and them being one is, say we meet in the Western Conference Finals every single game, is a home game for the clippers yes i know the l word fans may possibly be louder but it doesn't matter we don't care we are dogs in hollywood barking and biting and i can't wait and the guys get to sleep in their own beds and the guys get to not have to travel and the guys get to do all that great stuff except for here's the problem the l word aren't making it to the western conference finals but the clippers The Clippers are going to make it, and they're going to win it all. It's going to be Milwaukee versus Los Angeles Clippers. It's going to be the lowest-rated NBA Finals in the 21st century TV-wise. Why? Because people don't watch TV traditionally like they used to. They just don't, A. And B, because Milwaukee is a teensy-weensy, tiny market, and because the Clippers don't get the love that they so desperately deserve and will get Once they put together a string of W's, much like Oakland. Oakland went there five years in a row, back to back to back to back to back. Western Conference champs won three finals, got crazy pieces to join their already stacked roster and I'm talking to you, Kevin Durant, and what happened? They became global darlings, okay? That's going to happen to the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers, who, by the way, when interviewed by Slam Magazine, said, Lou Williams said, we're the only team we're going to get booed at our championship parade, and we're here for it. Now, will that happen? Mm. L Word fans are so rude, so delusional, such jerks. Look at Snoop. Look at Ice Cube. Total jerks. Look at Ice Cube Jr., O'Shea Jackson Jr., I swear to God, my foot has more IMDb credits than O'Shea Jackson Jr., who, by the way, has his most famous role is playing his beloved daddy. That scene where he was writing Friday was so unbelievable. He's just at a computer, and he just writes, damn, or something stupid. That whole movie was stupid. NWA is stupid. Ice Cube is stupid. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is stupid. Snoop Dogg threatening Oprah's friend Gail is stupid because everything about the L word is stupid. And the Clipper curse has been reversed. And now it's an L word curse. And that is a fact. And let's talk more about Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris been to the playoffs multiple times with Detroit in 2016 More recently with the Boston Celtics in 2018 and in 2019. My man's got a lot of playoff points. In his career, 430 playoff points. Dude has played 32 playoff games. Started 12 of them. So he's cool coming off the bench, or if Doc wants to start him. He's a traditional four, okay? He's been playing at the three over in New York, but we've got threes all day in Kawhi and Paul George. So I see Marcus Morris going back to that four spot that he is traditionally suited to dominate. And he is going to dominate at that four slot. I can't wait for that lineup with Montrez Harrell at the five, Marcus Morris at the four, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. You need offense, you got Lou. You need defense, swap out Lou for Pat. Doc Rivers has a spoil of riches to quote the great Burbank Hank, big John stud. But let's talk more about Marcus Morris in the playoffs, because that's where we're going to see him in just a couple of months. We got four away games, a back-to-back at Minnesota, at Cleveland. Okay. Back-to-back at Minnesota, at Cleveland. Then it gets tougher at Philly. At Boston, former employer of Marcus Morris. We get four Marcus Morris games, and I do believe we see him in all four of those games. Then we got to wait. We got to wait for All-Star break. Luckily, All-Star weekend, we get a little Pat Beverly versus Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the Skills Challenge, whenever that is, Saturday, I'm guessing. And then Sunday night, Kawhi Leonard is one of your starters. I don't understand what the stupid teams, because they don't go west versus east anymore. And then there's this whole quarter versus quarter. I just don't care. I just put the TV on, and I just don't care, and I just get excited when I see a clipper. But regardless, let's talk more Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris in the playoffs averages 13.4 points. That's his average. He's shooting so well in the playoffs. 423 from three-point land, 415 field goal percentage, 7.52, making three out of four of his free throws in the playoffs. These are just playoff numbers. Like I said, he got there three times, twice with Boston, once with Detroit. But did he have the supporting players that he has now? No, he did not. He's not going to need to do as much heavy lifting on the L.A. Clippers as he did on the New York Knickerbockers. He's just not because New York was a total horrible dumpster fire, garbage, downward spiral, puke fest. And now he's joining the pride of the league, number two in the West, L.A. Clippers, number four in the league, just gaining, gaining on the L word. We're going to be number one when all is said and done. Chuck Charles Chuckles Barkley last night on Inside the NBA on TNT said the Clippers will finish first in the West, and I believe him. I've said that many, many times, and I'll say it many, many more times. The Clippers will be number one when all is said and done. Will the L-Word be number two? I don't think so. I think Denver's going to be number two. L-Word could be three or four. I would prefer them to be three. Why? Because I don't want to see them. Because I don't think they get past Denver. Because I don't think L-Word gets past Dallas. I think L-Word maybe gets past Houston, but then Houston just beat them last night. But enough L-Word. I'll talk right now about the word that starts with W. Win. Los Angeles Clippers are built to win, and they are built to last, and they are built to thrive in a seven-game series. Why? Well, I'll tell you. The Clippers, before they got Marcus Morris, before they got him, the longest losing streak that the Clippers ever suffered the entire season— was two games, and it happened once. Why is that significant? Well, let's talk about the top eight Western Conference teams. Utah Jazz, here's their longest losing streaks. Five, three, two, okay? They've lost five in a row, something we've never done. They've lost three in a row, something we've never done. They've lost two in a row, three times, something we've only done once. Denver has lost three in a row. Denver has lost two in a row twice. Elward has lost four in a row. Elward has lost two in a row. Houston Rockets have lost four in a row, three in a row, two in a row. Dallas has lost two in a row four times. Thunder have lost three in a row, two in a row five times. And then Memphis, they stink. They lost six in a row, three in a row twice, and two in a row four times. We lost two in a row once. One time. Once ever. It was in a way back-to-back. Night one was with Kawhi, but not Paul George, and I believe we lost at Milwaukee, the best team in the NBA. The very next night is Paul George's first game back of the season at New Orleans without Kawhi Leonard, and we lose in a fluky Paul George-Rust Flake game. I believe we lost both Paul George returning Rust Flake games. He took two big hiatuses this season, hiati, and when he came back, we lost that game. But the thing about the Clippers that they have only done once ever and refused to do a second time and may not do for the rest of the regular season and postseason is lose two in a row, ever. And that is such an important thing. Because look at Utah, who's lost five in a row. You lose five in a row in the playoffs, you're gone, okay? You're gone. Houston has lost four in a row. Lakers have lost four in a row. If you lose four in a row, Houston, and L word, in the playoffs, you are gone. And this team, this core of eight guys, not seven, not six, I'm going to say core of eight guys led by Doc Rivers, the best black coach ever, probably, certainly the best active black coach now, and arguably, Pop is a better coach. Uh, Okay, so Doc is the second best NBA coach, right? You could argue that. He's one of a handful who's got rings. What's his name in Miami? The other jerk in Dallas. And then Pop. Those are your ringed active coaches. Then there's Doc. Then there's Doc. Been there twice. Been to the conference finals many times. Now he's leading this core eight guy, group. Jamichael. I'm going to put him in that eight. Landry, Zubach, Montrez, Pat Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams. Add Marcus Morris. My goodness, is that a squad? That is a squad. We've got five guys who can light you up for 20 on any given night. Then you got Pat Beverly, the heart and soul. We got so much defense. We got so much two way player savviness. We got veteran leadership, but guys that aren't too old. Marcus Morris is 30. That's not too old. Lou Williams found the fountain of youth. Uh, We are so stacked. We are so ready. God bless you, Jerry West and Lawrence Frank, for all that you've done in the offseason and by this trade deadline. Let's talk more Marcus Morris after this. Marcus Thomas Morris Sr., born September second, nineteen 1989, is an American professional basketball player for Los Angeles Clippers of the National Basketball Association, more commonly abbreviated to NBA. The 6 foot 9 inch (2.06 meters) forward, power forward, traditional 4, played college basketball at Kansas before being drafted 14th overall by the Houston Space Garbage or Rockets in the 2011 NBA draft. He has also played for the Phoenix Suns. That giant piece of coyote turd. The Detroit Pistons. That's right. They're pissed off, those Pistons, because they're a bunch of crap. The Boston Celtics and the New York Knickerbockers. My favorite sports stat of all time, the the tidbit, my favorite piece of sports trivia is that the Boston Celtics owner and the then Buffalo Braves owner just switched teams so that the Boston guy could move his family to San Diego. That is crazy. Look that up. That's nuts. But let me continue about Marcus Morris. Early life for Marcus Morris. No, I'm not just reading his Wikipedia page. No, no, it's much more than that. Morris was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love to Thomasine Angel Morris. He has four brothers, Dante, Blake, David, and twin, Markeef, who also plays in the NBA. Remember when Markeef and Morris our Marcus. Harkless for Marcus. Remember when Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris were on the same team? That was pretty great. Considered a four-star recruit by Rivals.com, whatever the bloody hell that is, Morris was listed as the number 10 power forward and the number 29 player in the nation in 2008. Really? (laughs) Really? Top 30 guy. Must have been a college thing back in 2008, right, 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 right? Speaking of college, Morris attended the University of Kansas, where he majored in basket weaving or American studies. He was named the 2010-2011 Big 12 Conference Men's Basketball Player of the Year. He also was named a second-team All-American for his play in the 2010-2011 basketball season by both the Associated Press and the National Association of Basketball Coaches and a third-team All-America by Fox Sports, who I believe is now owned by Disney. (laughs) Ha-ha! Oh, boy! On March 30th, 2011, Marcus Morris was named to the 10-member John Wooden Award Men's All-American Team. Morris and his brother signed with a sports agent from Los Angeles, where he currently plays professional basketball for your LA Clippers, and announced that they would enter the 2011 NBA draft. That was really cool, seeing Markeith... And Marcus Morris play together. Will Markeef join the Clippers one day? Hmm. Will Marcus Morris stay with the Clippers after they win the chip this season? Hmm. I do like the Milwaukee Bucks that they have two sets of brothers. They got the Lopez brothers and they got the Antananta Kumpo brothers. I know I'm not saying that right. Marcus Morris's professional career was with the Houston Rockets, 2011 to 2013. Should I do the accent? Morris was selected by the Houston Rockets with the 14th overall pick in the 2011 NBA draft, five minutes after his brother Markeith was taken with the 13th pick by the Phoenix Suns. Yo, Markeith was picked before Marcus. Huge mistake, Phoenix. He was assigned to the Rio Grande Valley Vipers of the NBA Developmental League. Developmental, The G League back then was the D League. On January Second, 20 and 12. In his first game in the D-League on January 6, 20 and 12, Morris recorded 33 points and 16 rebounds. Get body! Morris returned to the Rockets January 16th, reassigned to the— oh, I don't want to go on with all this crap. Phoenix Suns, blah, blah, blah. Detroit Pistons, blah, blah, blah. Celtics, blah, blah. Knicks. I remember him well on the Celtics. I remember him on the Detroit Pistons. I remember those three playoff runs. The Pistons, I want to say, got swept— in the playoffs, that sounds right. And then the Celtics did very very well thanks to the toughness and the tenacity of Marcus Morris. Now he's on the Los Angeles Clippers because the Knicks traded Morris to the Los Angeles Clippers in a three-way. That tried right, a menage a trade with the Washington Wizards, sending Harkless to New York for Marcus. Morris, Jerome Robinson, Burr. ooh, it's just cold just saying his name to Washington, D.C., and the Clippers also acquired Isaiah Thomas from the Wizards in the trade. But again, IT is getting waived. I hope you learned a lot about all the rich history of Marcus Morris, and I really dove deep when I Wikipedia searched Marcus Morris. More after this. Marcus Morris really helps us get to that goal that I want, is that 60-win season. A 60-win season is just such. It's like that blue check on Twitter. You're getting verified. You are verified a winner when you win 60 or more. If we get 58, it's a Clipper franchise best. The best we ever won in a season was 57, led by Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. 57 is the number to beat. 58 would get us the record, but I'm telling you, 58-59, it's good. It's very, very good. It's the best ever for the Clippers. But you need to be a 60-win team going into the playoffs and get that 60 swag and I know it only matters to me and the guys don't care they really don't they don't they just want to get there and win and we're gonna finally see folks we're gonna finally see the Clippers advance in less than seven we're probably gonna sweep round one is my guess and then round two will obviously get more interesting but I don't think like last year's Kawhi led Raptors we have to go to seven and Get miracle bounces with that great, 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 great shot. I don't think we need that with this squad, as tough as the West is. I get that the West is tough. This squad is not going to seven in the first two rounds. It's not. Maybe this squad doesn't need seven per series to win it all. The longest it goes is six. That's my ball call. These Clippers are going to be so different from former Clippers. That's why there's a podcast called Same Old Clippers that exists now. It's it's not very frequent, but these are not the same old Clippers. That's a horrible name. Rename that or just stop that. Do something new because this is something new. This is a new team. We are not going to be the same old Clippers. We're not going to need seven anytime we go to the playoffs. The Clippers have only advanced once in less than seven in 2006 okay and then we never got past the second round ever the furthest we ever got was round two game seven thrice three times i know we got to round two game seven versus phoenix in 2006 i know we got to round two game seven versus houston and whenever that was with the worst series of all time i think we've only done it twice because We got to round two and got swept by San Antonio. We got to round two and lost in six to OKC, I believe. Yeah, man. No. Enough of this exiting round one. Enough of this exiting round two. And enough of needing seven to advance. This is not the same old clippers. This is the brand new reinvented Jerry West's clippers the most successful architect in the history of the game. And by the way, he deserves all the credit, but who also deserves even more credit is Lawrence Frank. Lawrence Frank is the puppet master of this team, and it's working, and Jerry West is working. How do you not, l hire Magic and Jerry West? Why do you choose Magic over Jerry? Why Magic or Jerry? Why not both? But they stub their toe because the l curse is real. The L word curse is real. And if you don't believe me, really? Just take a pat, look Take a look at the past 10 years. Yes, they got LeBron, but they didn't get anybody else. Yes, they got AD, but they didn't get anybody else. Two guys does not a team make. They didn't get Paul George when they thought they were going to get him. They didn't get Kawhi when they thought they were going to get him. And then look at what's happening to them. This, they're finally back. They're finally winning, they're finally number one, and what happens? Look at it. Dr. Buss is dead. And look at what happened after he died. A lot of nothing. The bright lights of anything that's happened. The only bright spot in the L words history past, Dr. Buss passing. The only good thing is those two guys, LeBron and AD. That's it. And hindsight is 2020, and the Clippers will be champions in 2020, You look back, later, maybe AD leaves this summer. Maybe LeBron was a bad thing because everything else has been bad and everything else for the Clippers has been great. Here we are on the cusp of a championship season, on the cusp of getting booed at our own championship parade, on the cusp of a 60-win season, on the cusp of doing something the Clippers have never done before. The Clippers did not luck into Kawhi. They did not luck into Paul George. They did not luck into Marcus Morris. None of this was luck. This was all done by design from the top down. When Diamond Don Sterling owned the team, we were trash. We were less than trash. We were the gravesite where you bury trash and you put fresh trash on top of the trash graves. That's what we were. V. Steviano saves America, saves this team, saves basketball in Los Angeles, and saves sports. And here we are, Steve Ballmer from the top down, doing it the right way, doing it the smart way, doing it the I'm the richest guy on planet Earth in sports way. Look what he's done. We're doing it the right way. Look what they're doing down the hall, Losing. Okay, I know they're the number one team in the West, but they're not the number one team in the building. They're going to get bit on their butts, and we're going to watch it happen. We're watching it happen. Two guys does not a team make. Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Jamichael Green, Landry Shamet, Ivica Zubats, a team makes. My goodness, we are in a bright, shiny spot right now. Two and a half games out, folks. Two and a half games out when Kawhi and Paul George combined have missed over 30 games this season. Kawhi and Paul have missed a combined 33 games. LeBron and AD, those two guys where they only have two, missed a combined nine games. We're two and a half back. My God, we are going to finish first. My God, we are going to win it all. My God. We are the Los Angeles Clippers. How is it even possible that we have the reigning NBA Finals MVP and can still be considered and can still be considered and can still be concealed an underdog in any way? How can you fly under the radar with the reigning NBA Finals MVP? How is that even possible? Because Kawhi is such a special superstar. All he cares about is basketball, much like Montrezl Harrell. We know Montrose Harrell also cares about sneakers, and you know they care about their kids and their families. I get that. But Montrose Harrell cares about sneakers and cares about basketball, and, and, that, and that's it. He doesn't want to talk about what he's watching on Netflix, like my man Pat Patterson. And Kawhi Leonard is the same way. He just wants to talk about basketball. And he's silly, and he's got jokes, as we've played on last show— He's funny, and the reason his funny jokes are silly and get huge laughs is because you don't expect it because he's so soft-spoken and so serious and so clearly shows no emotions. No emotions are emotions, says the guy who shows no emotions. Talking right now is a guy from New Jersey who literally wears his heart on his sleeve, and I'm an actor, and all I do is get emotional on this show. Kawhi Leonard never gets emotional. Every now and again, he hits the most famous NBA playoff shot of the past 25 years and does this weird squat thing and shows emotion as the entire team surrounds him because he just won a buzzer beater in game seven. And yes, he finally shows an emotion doing this crazy squat where I thought, was he sitting? And then I look, he's not sitting, he's squatting. No, he's squatting, he's not. But, he's, but he shows emotion, he finally shows emotion the one time he shows emotion, but he never shows emotion because he's a special, unique superstar who is not interested in being a superstar. He's only interested in winning basketball games. I'm gonna say this again. This past summer, they were shooting a movie. We were shooting hoops. The L word, We're together shooting a movie, a cartoon movie starring Bugs Bunny because they're needy superstars. Notice me, notice me, notice me. And we were shooting hoops because we're basketball players, because we are basketball stars who don't want to be stars. We just want to be basketball players on the Clippers. That's why we're blue collar. We want to go in, do the job do it the best and get the hell out of here and crack open a beer and fire one up and spark one because we are the blue-collar worker bees there to win. Kawhi Leonard said, I want to be traded, coach, because y'all don't believe me in San Antonio that I'm hurt and that I've got a lingering injury, so I would like to be traded to Los Angeles. And what do they do? They send him to Timbuktu, the frozen Tundras of Toronto. And what does he do? Puts on his hard hat and wins the damn thing and then goes home with where he'll put his damn hard hat on again and win the damn thing. With With Marcus Marcus Morris.